Is God good to you this morning? Come on, give him some love, some praise. Now, I know you lost an hour of sleep, but I know you can do better than that. Come on now. Is God good to you this morning? Let's go. Come on. Yeah. I tell you what. I'll, you know what? It was still subpar, but I'll take it anyway. Uh, I'm going to be hard on you. Uh, you made it to 9 a.m. after losing an hour of sleep. Come on. You deserve to give yourselves a round of applause. I got out of bed this morning. I haven't done that in a while. Uh, but we, uh, we listen, if, if this is your, your first time here, my name's Adam Harold, and some people call me Pastor Adam. And uh, if, if I become your pastor, then, then you're welcome to call me that. I don't, you know, I've... I've transitioned a lot. Like when I was a youth pastor, I, you know, I was just like, dude, just call me Adam. Like that's, that's the name my, my parents gave me. And I was like, Mr. Cool, you know. And then uh, when, I, when we started this church, my wife and I uh, moved here from southern Illinois to, to start this church in, in Maine. That's why we moved here, by the way. And, um, and so when we did, I was like, maybe I should start being more formal. Like I'm, I'm a pastor now. And so... I've kind of transitioned from, from Adam to Pastor Adam to Adam, but you can call me Pastor, right? So anyway, it's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's all, a, when you're a pastor, listen, um, one, of, one of my least favorite things to do is to, like, one of my most despised questions is, what do you do for a living? Because as soon as I answer that, then um, the F words are now football and different, uh, different F words than the ones that were being said before. And uh, I, listen, I just want you to be yourself. I want you to be comfortable. I want you to be who, um, who you're comfortable being. And, and I don't want what I do for a living to change any of that. However, when you're here, right, we're going to always move one step closer to Jesus. That's our goal. Our goal is for everyone to know God, right? And so, um, Sarah just mentioned what's, what we call My Refuge, which uh, we'll be starting in the next uh, one to two weeks. Uh, we're not 100% sure. We still have some video recording to do for it, and it's all going to be online. It's going to be streamlined for you, where hopefully it's easy for you to, to participate in. But our goal is to, to know God, right? We want everyone to know God. That's why you're here in the weekend service. That's why you're here this morning. Hopefully you came in wanting to know him. But then we want people to go from knowing God to living free. Our, God's, God's desire for all of us to live in freedom. And so I'm, we're, gonna, we're, we're entering into a series this morning that will help you live in freedom financially in your life. Hopefully. Right? So, so but we, do, we, live, we live free in the context of relationships with each other. And so we have these things called small groups. How many of you went to a small group last week? Anybody raise your hand? All right. All right. I see you 9 a.m. Good job. All right. I love it. I love to be in relationship with each other because that's where God wants us all to be. He wants us to live in freedom. So to, to live in freedom and then so to know God, to live free. And then it doesn't just stop there. But God wants you to know why you were created. He wants you to, to know your purpose, your purpose in life. And maybe some of you are here because you're, you're wondering, you got all these questions about life. Well, we want you to discover your purpose so that you can ultimately leave an impact in this world. And we leave an impact in this world by serving God together. 
And so that's why we do what we do. Those are, our four, those are the four steps of my refuge. Um, don't get excited. We still want everyone to go through the four-step process, right? Um, but it's only, it's only about an hour of your time, and it is, um, hopefully it will set you on a path to following God, to knowing Him better. You know, my wife and I, we lead this church together. Her name's Tanya, and I couldn't do it without her. And so every week I want to try to, I want to introduce myself, I want to introduce her, and I just want to introduce what we're doing at the Refuge Church because we love it, and we want you to love it with us. So I don't know, does anybody else love it with us? Yeah? All right. I'm going to invite you to, to participate this morning. I, like, I love um, having guest speakers come in and speak, especially when they are people that I call my pastor. And uh, last Sunday was special for me. I got to hear my pastor preach, and um, it was absolutely phenomenal. He did a great, great job. Um, but one of the things that I, I told him afterwards, I said, Pastor Derek, I have to pull it out of him every week. Just so you know, I have to pull it. It's, it's every week. And so I want you to know um, we're not a Catholic church. We're a Protestant church. And so you have permission to... Um, to yell, to scream, to shout, to clap, to say amen, to say, preach it, to do whatever you can to encourage me. Come on, somebody, right? That's my favorite, everyone. Come on. So, so we want some, I want some participation. And um, especially this morning, because I'm going to talk about something. Uh, we're beginning a new series that I'm calling Intro to God's Economy. Intro to God's Economy. It's a three-week series. And... Um, you know, when I was in high school, I took a, a course, I think I called it econ. Um, I, it was economics. Uh, Mrs. Smalley was my teacher in high school. I'm not going to tell you how long ago it was, but it was a long time. And, um, and so Mrs. Smalley taught me economics. And in economics, she taught me how to write a check. She taught me how to balance a checkbook. She taught me how to, um, how to my, my, my personal favorite was how to write a consumer letter. You can call me Karen. I don't care. Right? So a consumer letter, there's a long story about, about why I enjoyed writing the consumer letter. I'm going to tell that story some other day, not, not today. Um, but I had to learn economics in high school. Right? We all have to be taught how to, how to balance our checkbook, checkbooks and how to, how to write a check and, and that sort of thing. But oftentimes, you know, I read a statistic this last week that said... The average American Christian give 2.5% of their income back to God. And, but, but God's, and, and we're going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to be very tempted. I'm just warning you. I'm going to be very tempted to get ahead of myself this morning. But, um, but as we talk about God's economy, there are some foundational principles that we have to, have to learn. And, and one of those, the, the Bible, and, and I'm going to talk more about this next, next Sunday. So, so the, the three weeks, we're going to talk about the source, the sum, and the storehouse. Okay, so those are the three weeks, the source, the sum, and the storehouse. But, um, but as we talk, listen, I understand I'm just as uncomfortable talking about money as you are about sitting there hearing about money. Um, anytime, anytime you start talking about money in, in church, you, you know, the pastor starts to go, but what if they start to think that all I talk about is money? Right? Um, will anyone come back next week when, I, when we do a series 
do I tell them it's three weeks because I want them to come back for all three weeks? You know what I mean? And so, so like, like we have, but, but here's the thing. If God's word teaches us how to, how to be successful financially, then as someone that wants you to know God, I have to teach all the things that God teaches in his word. I can't not talk about something because it makes me feel uncomfortable. I can't not talk about something because I'm afraid of how you're going to receive it. I have to talk about it because God says to talk about it. In fact, Jesus talked more about money than he talked about faith and prayer combined. So we have to talk about it. And so hopefully... Hopefully, over the next three weeks, I can turn into Mrs. Smalley and I can teach you a little bit about not this world's economy, but God's economy. Some of you might be thinking, Pastor Adam, isn't it a little insensitive? Don't you know that inflation is through the roof? Well, it's kind of why we need to talk about it, isn't it? I don't want to run from the problems of this life. I want to help with the problems. This whole thing, finances, prayer, all of it, it's always about one thing, your heart. That's what it's always about. So as we talk about 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19, over the next three weeks. I want you to know that this is about our hearts. God has given us finances to show him that he has our hearts. He also gives them to gives us finances for us to enjoy. We're going to read that. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19 says this. It says, teach them. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good, that they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Does that sound good to anybody? Does true life sound good to anybody? So we want to experience true life, but in order to experience true life, we have to experience it the way that God intended it to be. If he created life, then he has the perfect picture of true life and what it is. Therefore, we have to know him and we have to know things of him. Are you with me this morning? So we want to know God so we can experience true life. Did you know that if you make $2 a day, $2 a day, you are in the top 2% of the wealthiest people in the world. That's all it takes. $2 a day. Some of you are thinking, how in the world is that possible? There's a lot of people in this world. (laughs) 
$2 a day, top 2%. You are rich. We're all rich. We're rich in this world. I'll probably mention gas prices a few times. I'm going to warn you. I'm a little bitter about it. But the fact of the matter, the fact that I'm driving a car makes me rich. Talk about perspective. The fact that I'm driving a car makes me rich. You are. You're rich. As a, as a pastor, as your pastor, as a minister of the gospel, I have to do everything I can to teach all of God's word. I can't ignore 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19, because it makes me uncomfortable. I'm not going to do it. Jesus talked more about money and possessions than he talked about faith and prayer combined. That rocked me. Because I don't like to talk about it. If you've been coming here very often, you... <laughs> If you've been coming here since we were in the high school, which we before we, we were in this building, we were in the high school. And like most, some of my most awkward moments as, as a pastor and preaching have always been talking about money. So some of you are like, oh, this is going to be fun. Because right? I'm awkward. It, it, makes me, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Because I'm not, I'm not confident in it. But you know what I am confident in? God. I'm confident in Him that He is my source. And so, our objective this, in, in this whole series, in our, because there's always, a, there's always an end goal. There's always an objective. And any time we raise money at the refuge, we don't want to talk about a, a number. We don't want to say, we want to raise X amount of dollars. Now, there may come a time where we have to. Like, if we, like, like so, for example, when we, when we, um, when we re- renovated this bar into a, a church, we raised $150,000, Right? But, we, but it wasn't about the amount. It's never about the amount. It's about the number of people that participate. Right? This is about all of us working together to reach the world for the gospel. Uh, all of us together can reach this world with the gospel. But it requires resources. But God teaches us and shows us how to have the appropriate resources to reach the world for the gospel. So we have to talk about it. So we read 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, 18, and 19. I want to focus on verse 17 this week. Next week, we'll focus on verse 18. The following week, we'll focus on verse 19. So our focus verse is verse 17. Teach those who are rich in this world to not be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. There's a lot to unpack just in verse 17, so much that I almost just chose verse 17 for our entire series. But I was like, verse 18 and 19, there, there's a lot to unpack there too. So we're just going to include all three of them and talk about each one each week. And so today's big idea... Today's big idea for, for this whole series is simple. It's foundational for not just this series, but it's foundational for our view of who God is. It's foundational. When we understand this about God, our lives, our entire lives, 
will be transformed. Big idea for today is this. God owns it all. God owns it all. And if God owns it all, then he's my source for everything. It has to come from him. Everything I have is a gift from him. My breath, my life, my joy, my happiness. Everything that I need, everything that I desire, everything comes from him. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from where? Above. It comes from above, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. So every good and perfect gift comes from God. Therefore, we have to live as if God is the source of everything that is good. That's what today is all about. First Corinthians, or Colossians chapter 1, verse 6 says, For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we can see. And the things that we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities of the unseen world, everything was created through him and for him. He owns it all. I've got three things out of this verse. You can probably point them out. Three things out of this verse that teach us that God is our source. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write it down. We must resist pride caused by money. We must resist pride caused by money. Listen, it's not wrong to have money. It's not wrong to have a lot of money. Right? All God's people said, Amen. It's not wrong to have a lot of money. But it's wrong to be proud about the amount of money that you have. Paul warns us not to be proud based on our money, based on how much money we make. James chapter 4 verse 6 says, And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. The reason we have to resist pride when it comes to our money is because God resists the proud. If I want to know God and I want to get closer to him, then I have to do everything I can to resist pride in my life. Pride caused by being a pastor of a church. Pride caused by having a microphone in my hand. Pride caused by being my kid's dad. I can still be proud of them, but to be, to be proud based on them my pride comes from the fact that God has put me in position to be their dad. That God has given me position to be the pastor of this church. It comes from God. He's the source. He's the source of everything in my life. So I have to do things in my life to show him that I believe that he's the source of my life. And you know what that does? <laughs> that gives him the permission to use me however he wants to use me. When we live as if God is our source, he says, hey Adam, would you move to Maine for me? Yes, God. Hey Adam, would you start a church for me? Yes, God. Hey Adam, 
would you give a thousand dollars to this person that is without? Yes, God. Whatever it is that he wants me to do, the answer is yes. But the only way we can get there is if we live as if God is our source for everything. And God gives us finances in our lives to show him that we believe this. It's not, do the finances that he gives us help us live our lives? Yes. Do the finances that he gives us help us live our lives comfortably? Yes. He gives it, we just read, for us to enjoy it. He wants us to enjoy it, but he also wants us to live as if he is the source. Therefore, we have to resist the proud caused by money. You know how much we, uh, we talk about how, how proud we are based on our financial status? Um, I'm going to talk to um, people 20 and under for, for just a second. We have this word in our slang that is the word flex. Has anyone ever heard of a flex? Weird flex, but okay, that's where it all started, right? But like, we, when, and when, when someone 20 and under uses the word flex, they're not talking about their muscles, all right? They're talking about how much money somebody has. That's a weird flex, but okay, right? So, they're talk, so, so like for example, a flex right now is filling up your gas at the gas station, right? That's a good flex, right? Instead of just putting half a tank in, because it costs so much, so you understand with me. So we like to talk about how much money we have. We like to talk about the, how, how we, we like to drive nice cars because we like to show people. However, when we are proud based on our money, we're living as if who is the source? Me. That's why Paul says, teach them not to be proud based on their money, number one. We must resist pride caused by money. Number two, we must resist trusting in our money. We must resist trusting in our money. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 5 says, In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears, for it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. Your money is going to be gone tomorrow. You guys are like, well, yeah, inflation. Uh. But we don't take it with us. You, you can't take it with you. So it's, it's going to be gone. So we can't trust in it. That's not where our trust is. We do not, we are, why do we trust in something that we have no idea how much we're going to need tomorrow? Why do we trust something that we have no idea how much our groceries are going to cost next year? We don't know if we're going to need it. All of that can change like that. So why, why are we trusting the, the amount that we have? Why are we trusting in the money? And I'm going to talk more about, about amounts and sums next Sunday. So again, I'm not going to go there yet. But... We trust our money, but it is unreliable. Your money will let you down. 
Your money's going to let you down. I think that's probably why Biggie said, no, more money, more problems. Right? I know that's my second Biggie reference about more money, more problems in the last three weeks. I don't know who's coming that's a big Biggie, Biggie fan, but people are like, who's Biggie? Your money's going to let you down. Their trust should be in God who richly gives them all they need. Number three. So, so number one, resist pride. Number two, resist trusting your money. Number three, trust that God is your source. Trust that God is your source. If God owns everything, God gives everything I need. Everything I have is a gift from him. If he owns it all, then everything I have is a gift. We trust. So, so, so Pastor Adam, how, how do I trust? Like, all it sounds great, but how do I do it? How do I, like, I trust God. I trust him that he is my source. I, I trust that everything I have comes from him. I understand that. But how do I trust him? And I love it when God's word gives us things that we can do practically. I love it when it's practical. That we can have clear steps to do what, what is obedient. And in the, in, the, in the area of finances, it's very clear. You want to know how you trust God as your source? You live an open-handed life. We have to live our lives with open hands. And when we live our lives with open hands, we say, all right, God, you can put in it and you can take it away. I'm not going to hold on to it. I'm going to live with an open hand so that you can put in it, but you can also take out of it. Do you know how they catch monkeys in India? You guys are like, whoa, that's from left field. You know how they catch monkeys in India? They, uh, they take a box or a coconut and they drill a hole in it that is just big enough for the monkey to fit their hand into it. But not big enough that they can get a, a fist out of it. You see, what they realize about monkeys is that monkeys are very selfish creatures. And so what they do is they, they get a coconut or a box or something and they drill the hole in it, but they also put all kind of monkey treats inside of it. Insert your, monkey tre- your favorite monkey treat there. I don't know. Fruits, nuts, all of it. So they put the monkey treats in the box or in the coconut, and they drill the hole big enough for it to fit its hand in there, but not its fist. And they tie a rope to the to the coconut or the box or whatever it is that they that they're using as bait. And then they they sit around the corner with the rope that it, that that's tied to, and the monkey comes rolling along. And they start shaking them, and oh, there's something good in there. And they reach their hand in there to see what it is. And when they see that, that it's something good, they grasp it. 
And when they grasp onto it, the hunter sits there and goes, I got him right where I want. Because the monkey never lets go of the treat. And so they can't get their hand out of the, the box or the coconut. They can't get it out because they, they're holding on to it. And the guy's sitting there with the rope, sitting there with the rope, holding it, pulling it. And the monkey's just holding on to it. And the guy pulls the monkey aside, reeling him in, all because the monkey wouldn't let go of the tree. Our challenge for today is that we not live as monkeys. That we don't live with, with, with our hands so close. But that we live with open hands so that God can give and God can take anything he wants. We have to live as if God is our source. But I love it when there are practical ways that we can that we can show him that he is our source. I've been reading a book uh, called uh, The Generosity Ladder by a guy named Nelson Searcy. Um, it's a real short read. Less, I think it's less than 100 pages or right at 100 pages. And, um, it's, and it's a small book. But a lot of the concepts for this series comes from The Generosity Ladder by Nelson Searcy. And he calls it The Generosity Ladder. I like to call it The God is My Source Ladder living as if God is my source. And so uh, my wife has brought, I'm going to go ahead and move this so everybody can see. My wife's brought out to you a, a ladder, and uh, it's got a cup on it in, in the box. And um, the cup represents you. The cup represents me. And the, the pitcher of water, anybody want to take a guess at who the pitcher is? It's God, because he has the water. He has the source. He is the source. And so the generosity ladder works like this, because I love it when there's steps. Our, we, we say it all the time. Our goal is for everyone to move one step closer to Jesus. That's it. Some of you right now, when it comes to finances, are down at the bottom level. You're at the very first level. The very first level is you come and you receive from God. You come and you receive from God, and God pours out. And there's a little bit that gets in the water, that gets in the cup. Wow, that was pretty good pour. Some Sundays you get a little bit more than others, right? Some, but but you're not, you haven't given anything to him. And, and you're just there. You're just there. And that's okay, because you're coming and you're receiving from God. But that's not God's best for you. God's best is just to get closer to Him. He just wants you closer to Him. So, some of you might be here this morning and you might be hanging out down here where you're not given anything and that's okay. We welcome you here. You don't have to give. But we want what's best for you. So, you have to move up to the, to the first step of the ladder. Pastor Adam, how do you get to the first step of the ladder? Well, you just start to give a little bit. You start to give a little bit, and what happens is you get a little bit more in your, in your cup. You see, it's a little bit easier for me to pour. It's a little bit easier for me to pour to the second step than it was the first step when I didn't give a dime, when I didn't give anything. 
But when I went to the first step, by just giving something, and listen, we have a lot of people on this first step. We have a lot of people that are just giving something. And, and we just give a little bit. But how do I get to the second step? Because I really want to know God. I really want to get God as my source. And so how do I get to the second step? Well, the second step, make sure that's there. Right? So it's, it's a little bit easier. A little bit e- quite a bit easier, actually. And the way I get to the, to the, so bottom level, not giving anything. Second level, just giving a, por- just, just a small amount, just giving a little bit. Second step, proportional living. Giving a percentage. I'm not telling you how, what the percentage is, but God tells us what the percentage is. Now, what, what that does is that makes it intentional. You see, when I'm down here, I just reach in my pocket and I go, 20 bucks, okay. That's enough. I'll just give that $20 today. But this, this requires planning. This requires budgeting. This requires intention. And that's what God wants for all of us. He wants our lives to be intentional. But Pastor Adam, there's another step. How do I get to the top level? Because the top level is where we experience overflowing. How do I get there? You live sacrificially. And you say, all right, I've given my 10%, but I could do it on 12. I could do it on 15. I could do it on 20. And I'm going to live, I'm going to live on 80%, and I'm going to give God 20%. And when I start to do that, overflowing. Are you with me? In order to live as if God is our source, it requires the same thing that it required him. Sacrifice. I'm not saying that all of us should be here. I'm saying that all of us should be there. My wife's going to be so upset with me. This, this. We have to be to where we're giving something to God so that we can just catch a little bit. Stand to your feet. I want to pray with you. Pray to be careful as you walk over here. So let's The most popular verse in all of all the Bible is probably John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. Some people have said that you're never more like God than when you give. Now, 
Our goal is to move one step closer. The Bible says in the book of Matthew that where your treasure is, your heart is also. God gives us finances in our lives to provide for us, yes, to give us enjoyment. We read that. But he also gives us finances so that we can show him that he has our heart. Now, I'm not, I'm not asking you to, to write a six-figure check this morning. That's not what I'm asking anybody. I'm asking you just to show God that he has your heart. That you be intentional with it. Pastor Adam, how do I know that I can be intentional with God? Well, because he's been intentional with you. His purpose, his plan, has always been about your heart. It's what it's always about. And you'll never live a better life than with God at the center of it. God in control of it. Maybe you're here this morning and you might say, Pastor Adam, I want to give God my heart. I got good news for you. It costs you nothing. But it costs you nothing because it cost him everything. I don't know about you, but I'll give nothing to experience 100% all day, every day. But it does cost you but to believe in your heart. You, have, you must believe in your heart, and you must confess with your mouth. That's it. So if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Adam, I, I want to give God my heart today. I want to see to it that he has my heart today. Would you acknowledge that simply by just raising your hand, saying, Pastor Adam, that's me. Anybody, anybody at all. Thank you, I see it, I see it, I see it. I want to give God my heart today. If you raise your hand, we're going to sing a song in just a moment, but before we do, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. The prayer simply goes like this, God... Say it with me. Say it in your heart. God, I love you. I know I need you. Because Jesus died for me. I know he can be trusted. I trust him right now as my Savior and as my Lord. Come into my life and help me live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer, we want to know about it. Stop by guest services, fill out a card, and, 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 and drop it in a box, uh, one of the black boxes on your way out. Come and see me. Come and see one of our team members. We would love to celebrate what God has done in your life this morning. Isn't he good? Come on. I love you. Have a great week.